Pastor Lou. Here we go. Welcome to Church on the North Coast. Uh, this is your first time with us. We welcome you here tonight. Uh, don't leave without receiving a gift from us tonight. We just want to bless you. Um, oh, you there's a bag out there. The, the keys to a car is in it. So if you just fill out the form, you might win, win the car that we're giving away. Amen. Take your Bible. Go with me tonight to John 1930. Uh, there's an image I want to show you uh, as we get started tonight. And uh, we were in the office, and, and this image, somebody showed it to me. I think it was Pastor Ashley showed it to me. And uh, I, when I saw it, I thought, man, it just, it, just, uh, it was so prophetic to me. Uh, what you see there is, is almost like, it, 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 what it is, it's a remake of the uh, Cassius Clay knockout of Sonny Liston in 1965 in the first round. Some of you around here remember that? Anybody remember that? It was, it was a knockout punch. Uh, and, and he's standing over top of Sonny Liston. And when I saw this, I thought, man, there's something very prophetic about it. Because 2,000 years ago, on this night, Jesus knocked out the devil forever. And, and I just want you to know, like, it, it, whatever it is, whatever it is in your life that you're, that you're facing... It is finished, and I, I just declare that over your life tonight, the knockout punch of Jesus happened 2,000 years ago, and he, he, it was almost like Jesus knew what he was saying on this night as he hung there on that cross, and he uttered these words, almost like uh, uh, Cassius Clay, I, don't, I refuse to call him Muhammad Ali, I'm going to call, I'm calling him Cassius Clay. As he stood over top of Sonny Liston, he, he talked a little trash, you know. He, he was talking a little trash there when you saw him. And, and this is Jesus talking trash from the cross that day to all the powers and principalities of darkness, to every dominion. He said, it is finished. It is over. Every struggle, every, every dominating force that would come against my people, it's finished tonight. I want you to know that whatever it is that you're dealing with is finished, that the knockout punch has already happened. The devil has been KO'd and it is finished. Uh, John 19.30, we go there and it says, when Jesus has, had received sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head. And, and here's the part that matters. He gave up his spirit. He surrendered it. He surrendered it. Now, when Jesus uttered these words, what I want you to understand tonight is when Jesus uttered these words, what he was saying was, I have finished the mission of my father. He was saying every prophetic word, every struggle, every victory, every jot and every tittle has been, has been accomplished according to my father's will. I have finished my father's mission. I've finished it. I've, Paul, Paul utters these words as well in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He says something very similar. He says, I have finished the race. He was making the same statement that he heard his Savior make. He lived his life with a, with a mission, with a sense of of, of something to accomplish that was beyond him, that was only found in Christ. And Paul uttered the words, I have finished. I've finished. What Paul was saying was, he was saying, the mission 
that I had received from my Father through Jesus, I finished it. It is complete. And I ask you tonight, do you have a mission? The only way to live a life that matters is to live one with the mission of heaven. Jesus said, for this reason was I born, that I would destroy the works of Satan. Jesus lived every moment of his life with the mission of heaven. Every moment. But I want you to know tonight, your life will be meaningless. You can be successful. You can have all the talent in the world. You're here tonight. You can, buy, you can have all the money. You can have all the cars. You can have, you can have everything this world deems as, as success. You can have it. But if you don't have the mission of heaven, you'll be unfulfilled. You'll be found wanting. And locked in this passage is the secret to finding the mission of God. And it's surrender. It's surrender. There must be, in your life and mine, full surrender to the Father's desire for your life. If you're ever to know what God has for you, if you're ever to discover it, you'll never know it unless you get to a moment where you surrender. I remember the day I surrendered. I remember the day I gave it all up and said, I give up, I'll do it your way. Jesus said it, he said, he said if there's any other way, let me do it that way. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. I'll surrender to your will. You can no more know Christ outside of surrender than you can oxygen without breathing. You will never know the fullness of his spirit, of his person, until you finally get to a place where you stop striving. Jesus on the cross, his life was not taken. He surrendered it. And if we are ever to know, if we are ever to know the fulfillment of hearing the words, well done, my good and faithful servant, it will not come to us outside of a life that is fully surrendered. Jesus fulfilled every detail, every prophecy, every act of obedience. Jesus surrendered to the mission of God for his life. And if we are ever to find it, we must surrender. We relegate the, the Great Commission to like that one verse in the text. 
the Great Commission. Go therefore in all the world. But I want you to know the, the Great Commission is a life that is fully surrendered. And, and God promises us that we're not alone in our mission. And this is important. God promises us that he will commission with us. He'll come alongside of us and he'll take an ordinary life with ordinary strength and ordinary wisdom and ordinary resources and he'll come and he said I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you but you must surrender to my will for you and when you do I'll lend you my wisdom I'll lend you my strength I'll lend you my resources I am committed God says I am committed to commissioning with you I will come alongside you I will breathe on what you breathe on I will touch what you touch I will loose what you loose. I will bind what you bind. All authority I give unto you, but only to a life that is surrendered to the mission of the Father. What is your mission? Are you living every day to fulfill what God has assigned specifically for you? A mission is, you know, when you develop a mission in your life, you, you wake up every day and you aim for it. You aim at it. There's this expression that's often used. It says, aim small, miss small. I ask you tonight, with a life that's surrendered to God, what are you aiming for? What is your life aimed towards. At one time, uh, Dad lived on this mountain over in Avon Lake, and there were some groundhogs in the backyard, and, and I, I brought my, my bow and arrow over, and I thought, I'm going to get rid of these groundhogs. And so I was chasing these groundhogs. Don't worry, I missed. I missed. Yes, I was chasing these groundhogs around, and, 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 I, and I shot once, and, and I went down, and, and when I went down, I looked up, and the groundhog was up, and, and without thinking, I pulled the arrow back, and, and he, was, he, you know, he was on the ridge, and just beyond the groundhog were all these houses, this community back there, and without thinking, I pulled back and thought, I, I, I can't miss I'm too close. I pulled back and I let the arrow go, but I, but I didn't take aim. I just kind of, I just kind of threw it in the direction of the groundhog. And, and I watched that arrow, I watched the groundhog stare at me. As the arrow flew past him, he just looked at me like, what just happened? And then I, I was, I was paralyzed with fear because I thought to myself, oh no, where did the arrow go? I spent the next hour looking for the arrow about a mile down the road. I'm just walking around looking. I'm looking at the tops of the houses like, 
I'm looking at the sides of the houses that like I missed, I missed. And, and the principle I want to tell you there is like at best, at best you'll miss your target if you don't aim. And at worst, you'll cause, you'll cause harm to others if you don't aim. So I want you to know you must aim with your life. Your life is, your life is precious. It's, it has value. It has purpose. It, it, it commands, it demands that you live your life with a mission. You can't, you can't waste your days just waking up, breathing air, checking a box, and then going home, and then doing it all over again tomorrow. The precious cargo of heaven is hidden within you, and the world awaits for your mission to arrive to it. All principalities and powers of darkness, they shake when you wake up in the morning. And we trivialize that by just doing normal things, by just accepting things as they are. But I want to awaken you tonight to the surrender of heaven. That, that What comes with the surrender of heaven is the mystery of the mission of God for your life. The empowering equipment equipping of, of Jesus that says, I know everything about you and I know where I'm taking you and I know how I've gifted you and I, I know what I've assigned to you. Do you know what I've assigned to you? Paul seemed to live his life with acute awareness of what God had for him. And it's, it's interesting about Paul, you know, it's interesting because, because all of the other apostles knew him in the flesh, but Paul did not. Paul came after, and he serves as a, almost like a, as an encouragement to you and I to say, he didn't know him in the flesh, but he knew him in the spirit more than all the rest of them did, because he wrote two, two-thirds of the New Testament. So he lived with a mission, but that mission came at the price of surrender. Are you surrendered? Have you let go? Is it your will that you're walking in? Is it your power that you possess? Is it your thoughts that lead you? Is it your desires that lead you? Or is it his? Have you come to a moment of complete surrender to Jesus? You see, a believer conscious and aggressive to God's mission will always pack the greatest punch. If you're conscious and aware of God's commission for your life, you'll walk into a room where there's death and you'll command life. If you're aware and you're aggressive to God's commission on your life, you'll walk in, into a, a city that's, that's full of demonic strongholds and you'll break them by the power of heaven if you are aware. Only the world changers are the ones who are aware of the commission of God on their life. Do you want to live a life that packs a punch? If you do, I want to share four things with you tonight. If you want a life that packs a punch, if you want to destroy the works of Satan in your life, in your children's life, you see, you see it's time. We, we must pay attention here. It's time to pay attention, church, because our passivity has created violence in the world. We've sat on the sidelines long enough. 
And because we've sat on the sidelines long enough, today the world doesn't know that there's just only two genders. Today the world thinks it's a benign thing for, for a sliver of society to demand that you and I acknowledge that there's more than two genders. Because we have not stepped to the forefront and said, no, 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 the Bible is the truth and it is the moral clarity of our land and we, we will not sit silently as, it is, as the world becomes debased and degraded in, in, the, in the saturation of sin. No, no, the, the Bible says that God made them male and he made them female and anything other than that is an attack on the family unit. So if you want the power of heaven, it comes with surrender. But I want you to know that that surrender means that you're going to have to live a mission-driven, centric life. A mission-driven and a mission-centric life, which is different than a comfortable life. Christianity as we've known it is coming to an end. Persecution is on the horizon. When somebody can walk into a school and murder six people, and then our politicians step forward and defend the murderer, your faith is under attack. It's going to begin to become very uncomfortable for you, and you must, you must make up your mind. Young people, you must make up your mind whether you will live for him or whether you desire to live in comfort. Because there's two roads to take. There, there was a broad road that's very comfortable. There's a lot of space to move in that road. But there's a narrow way that's, that's full of the mission and the commission of heaven, but it requires surrender. And you and I are going to have to choose. What do we choose? Do we want, do we want a mission-centric life or do we want a comfortable life? We're going, to have to, we're going to have to create a list and say, God, show me what my mission is. I'm done being comfortable. I don't, I don't want to be comfortable anymore. I want, my, I want my life to make an eternal, significant scar on this earth. When I'm gone, I still want to be here. I want them to say that Troy Thompson lived under the authority and under the surrender of heaven. He was not afraid of this world or its powers or its influence. He did not allow himself to be driven by his desires. You must make a decision as to whether or not you're going to live for Christ or whether you're going to live for this world. This world wants to make you comfortable. It doesn't want to call your sin, sin. It wants to call your sin, it wants to call it, well, it, it wants to call it sickness. Yeah, that's what you are. You don't have sin, you have sickness. And because you have sickness, let me put you in a hospital. Let me medicate you with pharmacia and sorcery. Let me keep you under the spell of the demonic forces of hell while you live in misery on this world and never find contentment or fulfillment. But you'll be comfortable. But you see, you'll never be comfortable because once you taste of the sweetness of Jesus, 
once you taste of the person of Jesus, nothing satisfies. There's not a drug that's satisfied. There's not a high that's satisfied. There's not an up or a down. There's not a place to go. There's not a person to meet. There's not success to be accomplished. Outside of his presence, there is no fulfillment. He and he alone is the truth. He and he alone satisfies. The world says he's a dream. And if he is a dream, he's the sweetest, most fulfilling, most satisfying delusion the world could ever have dreamt up. And if he is a dream, don't ever wake me from him. Keep me in the sublimity of his person forever. I'd rather be there than in a world of misery and trouble, swimming in sin. So you must choose a life not of comfort. Because Jesus, to a life that is surrendered, I promise you, you're getting ready to go to places that are uncomfortable. You're going to deal with issues that are uncomfortable. People aren't going to like what you say, Dr. Cynthia. They don't like that you say that life is life, that life happens at the moment of conception. They don't like that anymore. They want the church, you know, the sorcery of this world wants the church to endorse. It requires the church's endorsement. If you remember the story of Balaam and Balak, the king, Balak, he had to go find a prophet in the land to agree with him to curse God's people. He was powerless until he got the covenant people of God to agree with him. And so he hired a, a prophet for sale, and there are plenty of them for sale today that will sell out to the comforts of this world and the carnal desires of man and say, yes, I'll, I'll bend and rationalize the gospel to fit my comfort. But God, but God wasn't with it. And so you have to choose whether you want the mission of God that comes with his presence, that comes with the commission of heaven, or do you want to be comfortable? Do you just want to go to work? Work your, I don't know, how, how long do you have to work before you retire now? I don't, it's like till you die? You got to work till you die now, okay? <laughs> work just up until you die, then you retire. Just give me a house, give me a car. Don't bother me, don't bother mine, I'm fine. It comes uh, a surrendered life, a mission-centric life, a life that packs a punch. Is going to, it's going to require you and I to become, I'm going to say something here, and I just want you to know, don't be mad at me, but it's gonna, we're going to have to become disciplined. Disciplined, you know, like we're going to have to do things that are hard. We're going to have to make our body do what our spirit says. You know, you know when I played basketball uh, back in high school, it was a long time ago, and you would run, and they would do these, uh, what are those things called where you touch the line, you go back, and you go, what are they called? Suicide. Suicides? Yeah. Yeah, it was that. It was that. And... 
And, and just, just don't, nobody look around right now. Nobody look at anybody because, you know, some of us are cheaters. I know there was cheaters because the slow guy in our class was always one. You know, it's like, you're not touching the line, dude. You're not touching the line, you know. Or, okay, let me tell you, which, which one were you? Were you the one that would not cheat yourself and you touched the line and then go back and touch the line? Or were you the one that when everybody else touched the line, you stopped about five feet short and turned around and went back? See, a life of surrender requires that you touch the line. That you touch the line. That spiritually we touch the line every day. Paul said this, in order, in order to finish, in order to finish strong, in order to live with the mission of God, I buffet my body. I discipline my body. This is why fasting in the church must return. It must come back to us, you know, because there's something powerful about, about turning away a cheeseburger. If you could turn, let I me mean, make it real, there's something powerful about turning away a donut from Kondrowski's. Everywhere I go, there's donuts now. I'm like, good ones too, you know, like, not those Dunkin' Donut things, you know, the good ones, the dripping grease and just, you know, it's like, take it bite. I'm like, I don't need that anymore, but I want to. But you see, if you can't discipline yourself not to eat the donut, then at midnight when the image comes on the screen, fellas, you won't be able to discipline yourself from, be, from tapping the next button to see more. And what that does to us is it robs us, it robs us of surrender. It robs us of the mission of God for our life. So we're going to have to become disciplined disciples in the house of God again if we're going to live a life that packs a punch. We're going to have to return to our convictions. You know, our convictions, I want to define it for you. It, it's the compelling obedience to the still, small voice compels you do you have conviction in your life that rules you when temptation comes the church has lost its conviction we must get it back we must live with the mission but we need the conviction of the Holy Spirit we need we need an authority that's higher than ours to tell us don't go there. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't entertain that. Don't think that. We need the conviction. You and I need the conviction. The still, small voice to talk to us and tell us. That's a sabotage to the mission of God for your life. That's a distraction to what I have for you. It's an allurement that's trying to take you away from the goodness of God that I have for you. And then finally, consistency. You see, if, we're, if our lives are going to pack a punch, if, I, I, I said this a few weeks ago, but listen, listen to me. Faith is not that exciting every day. You know, it's pretty consistent. 
It's just like you wake up, you read your Bible, you do the things you know you must do, you, you love your, your, your family, you forgive, you, you, you say you're sorry, you repent. You, but but it's, after a while, it just becomes very boring, a very normal life. Craig Rochelle has a saying, he says, great leaders do consistently what average leaders do occasionally. And if I were to ask you, tell me what your habits are. Rita asked, I forget who she asked, we were with her, and she said, she looked across the table, and you know, she, she has that way, right? She has that way. She, she looks across the table and she says, tell me, what time do, in the morning do you read your Bible? I put my head down, I'm like, don't ask me that, I don't. And I, I thought, man, you're under the microphone, but you better. And, and he, you know, and the, and the gentleman answered, and I, and I thought, I thought, well, what time in the morning do you read your Bible, Troy? And do you read it every day, Troy? There's some days that I'm in a hurry. I gotta be honest. There's some days I'm in a hurry that that I don't read it. And I, you know, I just ask you, like, are you consistent in your disciplines? Like, are you predictable? in your patterns of discipline with the Lord? Or have you kind of kind of slacked off? Have you kind of pulled back a little bit, taken your leisure, you know? It's always interesting. It's always interesting to find that, you know, the devil, he does not stop. He just does not Stop. He keeps prowling. He, he keeps lurking. He just waits for the moment where you put your guard down, where you, where you take your dukes down and you, you take your rest for a moment, and that's when he punches you. He doesn't know your thoughts, but he knows your habits. I want you to know that, church. He does not know what you think, but he, does, but he is paying attention to what you do. And it speaks to our consistency with God. So as we close, I want to invite you to stand to your feet. And I want to encourage you. If you're here tonight, If you're here tonight and you're not surrendered, you haven't fully surrendered to God. With me tonight, let's lay it all down tonight. I've never been in the presence of God and been able to stay composed. Never. I've never been in the presence of the King and held myself together. The Bible says that when he would enter the sanctuary, the priests would fall down because they could not minister. The priests would surrender to the presence. And I ask you, 
When last did you surrender? When last was his presence suffocating to you? Where it forced you to bow? And perhaps if it's been a while, I want to encourage you to surrender, to give your heart back, to let go of control. Perhaps it's time to break communion with some things in our life. Maybe it's time that we we detach ourselves from things that are taking us away from our ability to surrender. Come on with me if you want to surrender. Just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. So I surrender. Jesus, we surrender. We surrender our lives, our ways, our thoughts, our strength, our resources, all that we are, our ability, our talent, our strength, God. We surrender. And we say, God, come now. Take this life of mine. Take it now, God. Give it the mission of heaven so that every hour, every second, every minute matters. Create in me a life of precision that hits the mark every time. That is able to discern where you are and what you want to do in every instance. Give us the anointing of the sons of Issachar to know the times we live in and to know how we should act. Teach us, oh God, in this hour how to fight the enemy strategically. Each and every one of us right now drop inside of our spirits the commission of heaven, the mission that's specific to each of us. In the week ahead, God, Remind us to write it down so we live every second of our lives in glory and honor to you, King Jesus. You're here tonight. You're watching online. You've never given your heart to Christ, and you want to do it now. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I repent. Come into my heart. Take my life. Destroy the works of the devil. Make my life leave a scar on this earth. All for your glory. I surrender. I receive your mission now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus.
Altar ministers are going to make their way forward tonight. If you would like for us to pray for you, if you have a prayer request tonight, if you're watching online and you would like us to pray for you, we want to pray for you before you leave tonight. I want to encourage you to bring your friends and your family to church on the North Coast this Sunday all across Northeast Ohio. Let somebody know about the goodness of God. You're the greatest harvester the world has ever known. All you have to do is ask them. They'll come. I promise you, your family will come with you. We love you. We're praying for you. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. Thank you for being with us tonight. God bless you.